There was a wedding lately. And at it, a man was pointed out among the guests. And someone said, that man should be on the radio. He's a great story to tell. The man being pointed out was trim, with a straight back and a neat moustache. His name was Gerald. My name is Gerald Flower, and I was born and bred in Dublin, Elford Terrace to North Avenue. When Gerald was in his teens, World War II broke out. He'd already been in the Boys' Brigade, and with his friend, he went on to join the ARP, Air Raid Precautions. He was keen as me. At night time, he'd wrap his big toe in a piece of string and hold it out the window. If I run up first, it was supposed to pull that string so we'd get him out of bed. <laughs> this is stupid things we done. <laughs> I worked down in Drury Street, and the factory that supplied the supplies to where I worked was bombed. That was myself out of a job. So I joined up, joined the Royal Air Force. <laughs> the pilot was allowed to pick his crews. And so this Canadian pilot, and he called me Paddy, of course. And he said, Paddy, would you like to be my tail gunner? <laughs> oh, that was great. Great for me. I was delighted. done a few runs over France at that time, just dropping leaflets and stuff, and then we went on to the real stuff. Talk about being bored. Lancaster bomber was the heaviest bomber we had. Our highest speed was about 200 miles an hour. And we spent sometimes eight hours, I think, was the biggest we went there and back. Targets, say, Bremen, Berlin, Stetton. It was kind of boring. You were nearly felt like waiting for one of these fighter planes to get you. You were looking forward to it. How stupid we were, but <laughs> we were actually looking forward to being attacked. And I, I never forget it, we were up there in the sky and uh, all of a sudden people we knew the number of the plane now, just bang, then it was just a puff of smoke and they were gone. Stuff like that happened all the time. One time we done a terrible thing, we couldn't find our target. We had a full bomb load on. If you couldn't drop your bombs, you couldn't land with them. Found a hole in the crowd and just dropped everything we had. And then went like hell out of there. <laughs>
did you ever hear wh- where the place was that you dropped the bombs? No, he didn't care. He wanted to get rid of them. It sounds right, but that's what we were like. We'd just go out, bomb, and uh, come back. We never thought about the people below. We couldn't. Probably if we would, we'd have quit, maybe. I don't know, but at that age, you don't quit. And how did fellas not crack up? Some of them did. It was an awful time for them. You'd pity them, but we, we didn't call them cowards. But they had a thing in the Air Force that was called LMF, lack of moral fire. That's what you used to stamp on your pay book. And when you saw a plane disappearing out of the sky and you knew the people who were in the plane, how did you not freak and lose hours of sleep? And I think we'd become hardened to it and uh, got used to the idea. My biggest fear was having to jump out and jump down over a target that we'd bombed and go right into flames. That was a kind of a fear. We all had it, but we'd cover up all the time. And if you know if you're in a group of people and there's somebody there and, you know, there might be an ongoing joke about somebody or somebody might have a nickname or there might have been something they did when you were out together. And then if they're dead, do you not mention their name or how do you... I don't know when I'm saying this right to you, but I tell you, it took a long time to remember all this. I didn't speak about the war for 10 years because I wake up with nightmares. My wife told me that. So it must have been hard and hard that time. It was just a continual roar. The engine would go, that was there all the time. You were going to continue looking around. You're waiting for something black, blacker than the sky, to come at you. Fighter aircraft. caught in a searchlight once and once one searchlight got onto you then they'd all form a cone and we got caught in one of them ones over Bremen I never forgot that and they were there the pilot looking up all he could do was dive, 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 dive and dive go down as fast as the buggy and we managed to get out of it one daylight we went on, and we were bombing a place called Hamburg. It was a Nile plant. Well, they got it then. They knocked our starboard motor out, and then our starboard inner, and then our port out, and we had one engine left. Then we stopped. We were losing right then. So the pilot there, he tried to hold as long as he could, and he, then he gave the order to bail out, and we reached for Holland by then. remember, was looking down and seeing a whole lot of little stamped fields. They looked like a load of stamps, you know. That was nice and peaceful. 
the wind blew us back in the parachutes. We were nearly there over our lines. And every now and then a little hole would appear in the parachute. The German army below us, and they were shooting at Cromfellas coming down. I don't blame them. We, they were our enemies, and we were their enemy. We landed, and I stood up then, and, gee, I'm going to get away. I thought it was in France or somewhere. And uh, then this bunch of soldiers come around with their guns pointed. We were in the German front lines. The wind blew us back over that way. Otherwise, we'd been all safe. <laughs> and then after that was the prison camp, of course. Seven-liter boxcar. We finally ended up in a place called Breslau, on the Polish-German border. They had no food themselves. It was about a tenth of a loaf of bread and a cup of pea soup. And all the peas had little beetles inside them. <laughs> but we were getting to the stage where we were starving. You'd eat anything then. Then the Russians were advancing and the Germans took us with them. Oh, it was the middle of winter, November sometime. Terrible time was, they were marching us. 1,500 was or something. We marched about 100 miles. And they say that it was one of the worst winters they've ever had in 100 years. Lots of guys were dropping by the wayside. One guy I saw was shot there. He was caught milking a cow. And they shot him. Because that was against the rules. <laughs> we were marching so far that the column was strung out because the guards we had, they were older people, they couldn't make it either. We were protected in a way, even when they marched us through Essen, we had German soldiers on each side of us, protecting us from the population. Because they called us terror fliegers, which is terror flyers. They were actually protecting us so that the civilian population couldn't get us. going over some kind of a mountain one day on that march and all there was was dead Germans around. It had been some kind of a battle. All young Germans, young people probably like ourselves, so we just didn't matter. They were just, they weren't even dead people to us. They were just young men lying down this way, that way, scattered all over the place. It was probably one of Hitler's youth crowd. Probably because they used everybody they could. Then finally we were all herded into boxcars again and shipped back to another camp not far from Berlin. Every day you'd see the Germans marching those poor old Russians out into the woods. 
collecting food, and only half of them would come back. They'd kill them or work them to death. They were treated like animals, worse than you'd treat a dog. I remember the day when the first Russian tank came around that compound, and it went all around the wire, pushing all the wire down. I could still visualise it. And there was a, a Russian man, he fell in front of the tank and it went right over him. That was the worst thing I've ever seen. Just squashed. There was nothing left on the ground except a big black spot, dark spot. So that guy was minutes from freedom. Right. And he was killed by the... Well, he was celebrating his freedom. He got too close to the Russian tank and just slipped. And that was it. The first thing they'd done was send out raiding parties. We'd go to different farms. So these people, one farm lot, a farmer and his wife, they said they had no, no food. Well, our own people found the food up in an attic on their farmhouse. So we got a whole lot of potatoes. And you know what the Russians done? They just shot the two of them right there. But we didn't mind. Didn't matter. You get immune to war. You get immune to all this sort of stuff. I didn't get out of the camp till after the war where the thing was signed. The 10th of May, which was my father's birthday. <laughs> my sister told me, she said uh, when he heard that it was a prisoner of war, she said it was the first time she ever saw a father cry because they figured I was gone. I remember being in Dublin, walking down O'Connell Street. And even at that time, we felt, well, I'd want to train us again for the Japanese stuff. I was walking along O'Connell Street, and then this young boy, the stop press thing, the war ended, they dropped an atomic bomber on Nagasaki. And I thought, great, no more going back. Gerald was finally discharged in 1947. He returned to Ireland and married Elizabeth Daly, and he has four children. Then the family emigrated to Canada. Eventually, he settled in a job at Vancouver Airport in the stores. He describes himself as happy and has written several novels, one of which he hopes to publish. How did you keep your spirits up? I've thought over that a lot. The train and the word of God. That's all I can figure out. I don't know, or else the, the devil's not ready for me yet. <laughs> Gerald Flower. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> You've been listening to The Curious Here. I'm Ronan Kelly. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. 